the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Bud Elliott. That's Tom Fernelli. I'm Chip Patterson. i got a very exciting show for you today because we're doing not only uh, a deep dive and, and a look at the impact that the super seniors are going to have on the 2021 college football season, the impact uh, for now, the impact down the line, but we will also be drafting some super seniors. So, Bud, Tom, myself, will be uh, sending it around the horn, trying to put together the best uh, five-player collection of super senior talent. So before we get into it, just to set the stage for the year of the super seniors, according to an extensive and thorough uh, investigation and accumulation of information from the great Ralph Russo at the Associated Press, more than 1,000 scholarship players are expected to take advantage of the opportunity for another year of eligibility. This isn't something that we have ignored at all uh, here on the Cover 3 podcast. We've discussed its impact on, uh, you know, the way that schools and administrators might have to, you know, kind of bounce around this. I mean, Illinois Athletic Director Josh Whitman actually estimated that it was going to be $500,000 on top of regular football expenses to be able to accommodate Illinois, which leads all Power 5 schools with 17 super seniors. I-L-L. We also have discussed it here as Bill Connolly noted that about every team across the board is about 8 to 10% higher than they normally would be in terms of returning production. Normally, the top teams are around 86-87%. We've got three teams above 90%, including UCLA, which is at 96 So, uh, as we start to, to spin this forward and as we start to look at it, you know, there is uh, the financial side of this, as Josh Whitman illuminated and as we've discussed here, which you know might kind of make things difficult as coaches you know, try and decide how available they want to make it look. You know, Brett Bielema, the Illinois example again, he uh, went on record to say, I wanted everyone to feel like they wanted a part of this. So there's the, the school and the administration side. Number two, there's the player side where I think there is a feeling like you lost a little bit of the experience in the 2020 season. You got to go out there, participate with your um, with your fellow teammates, but you know your family in the stands might not have happened depending on where you were. Uh, being able to play in front of a packed house, that didn't happen anywhere. So you want some of that experience. And then there's also the coaches, which might have uh, motivations one way or the other in terms of how things go. So you know, when you're looking at all the different angles of this, uh, like Tom, what 
what stands out to you in terms of just sort of the overall impact on the sport in what it will be like with all of this extra experience, all of this extra production, the super seniors impact on the 2021 season? You know, it's, I think it's reached the point where, like you said, there's over a thousand. I, I think that we've got a thing where it probably all cancels itself out in a way, because if everybody has a bunch of seniors, and like you said, Illinois has got 17. So some teams definitely have more coming back than others, but there's two ways I think of it. One is that, like I said, pretty much every team is going to have its own fair share of super seniors, which kind of cancels out any advantages you might get in a normal year when you're saying, well, we've got, you know, this many players returning. Well, so do most of your opponents. But then there's the other aspect of it that is, a lot of the guys that are returning, you know, if they were NFL players, they'd be gone. So the fact that these kids are coming back, it's they're, they're still good players. A lot of them are good players. It's just I don't know that they're like major impact players as much as they are going to be helping teams with their depth and at least help raise. Did we lose Tom? Like the overall level of talent, probably, or just that, you know, if you've got the experience there, that's going to be something or helping with injuries. Yeah. Um, I pretty much agree with what Tom was, was saying there both vocally. And then also when, when, when his internet was, was killing him. Uh, I I think this probably benefits like the mid tier schools a little bit more. It probably benefits some of the schools that have these kids that are, you know, are, are probably like, either looking to go pro in something other than sports, but are still good, good college players, but guys who don't project to the NFL, you know, maybe they are good technicians, right? And that's the reason that they're good college players. They, they have the technique, they have the savvy, they have the college skill, but in the NFL, guess what? Everybody's got the technique and they've got the physical ability. So you just don't play all that well in the NFL, or, or you know, maybe you want to go and, and pursue a, a different type of career, but you want to have, you know, one last hurrah. I, I I'm looking here, you know, Boston College gets a couple of offensive linemen back. Not not to give, not 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 to give it any away. I mean, there, there are some schools like Kent State gets fifteen guys back. Like that that has to really help them for this season. I think that's probably the impact. Whereas, I mean, how many dudes are really coming back? You know, to to Alabama, mm-hmm. right? Not not that many, right? Two, I think, because if you're that good at Alabama and you're a senior, you're probably gone. Do you think that how, – how about the financial side of that? Because you discussed that as a, an interesting uh, dynamic with the administration and you've got to make the choice if you want to be spending all this money. Again, Illinois is the example that uh, the AP was able to put at one end of it where you know, you've got 17 guys, uh, you're going to have 92 scholarship players, and it's going to end up costing about uh, an extra half a million dollars on top of uh, on top of the, the regular football expenses. Do you – do you think that this is something where if you are, even with the revenues being down from 2020, where you're just you're willing to do it for the overall building? Because I think about uh, Texas Tech coach Matt Wells had another comment, and I think Texas Tech, you know, they're not at the like way high end of the spectrum on things. Texas Tech is going to be having 10 uh, super seniors for the 2021 season. I I look at that and Matt Wells is like, yeah, well, we wanted to get old and stay old. We wanted to have uh, a program development type situation. You know, Danny Gonzalez at uh, at New Mexico, he was looking at a year where he was going to be 
having a major drop-off. He wasn't even sure if they were going to have 70 scholarship players because he, he had so many JUCOs that he had brought in. But because of the super seniors and because of the so many of those super seniors taking advantage of it, New Mexico has 14 super seniors going into this year. Now all of a sudden they're going to have some depth. Uh, to your point about the mid-tier, it's also for the programs that – are growing in our building who who want to be able to have uh, not trotting out freshmen and sophomores with very little experience, very like coming fresh off high school ball. It, it might, uh, it might make the middle tier of all of college football from one to one thirty. It might make the middle tier a little bit stronger. Not that it's going to close the gap with any of the teams at the top of the sport, but it, it might at least provide an avenue for you to not be dealing with uh, definitive seller-dweller type status. So, Chip, I, I think you raise a really good point here. And, and the key is you said, you know, make the choice, right? The, the schools that are really financially set out there, like Illinois can make the comments that, that it wants to make to the AP, but Illinois has Big Ten money, right? right? Like they, they, they can afford to bring everybody back and sign a full class. You know, Texas Tech, that's a power five school. I think most of these power five schools are not that worried about the scholarship money if they think it's going to help them, you know, win one more game. Texas Tech, though, they only signed 12 guys from the high school ranks this year. And then they 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 added seven transfers. So that's 19. I mean, that, that's still it's still pretty short of what you would normally sign. So maybe Texas Tech is is having some some consideration there as, as to not signing quite as many as they could, or maybe they just don't like the high school class because they never got to see these guys in person as many schools didn't. But you look at some of these other schools out there, you know, they only signed 10, 12 guys because their ADs are telling them, look, mm -mm. no, mm. That, like I know the NCAA says the limit is unlimited. Our limit is still 85. Right. So like that's what we budget for or even 80 or 75 in some cases that we've heard about. So um, I, I think a lot of it is if you have to make the choice, that's an interesting choice to make. A lot of schools probably don't have to make a choice because they can afford it all. The uh, Is that one of those things that you look at it and um, we're never going to hear? Because it's just such a bad, not a, it's not a bad look, but it's just not something that you want to be out here saying, you know, why, why did you only take this many uh, in your 2021 class? It's like, well, you know, this is, these, the, we were looking for our kind of guys. Like, no, no coach is going to come out there and throw their boss under the bus and say, "Hey, look, like this, I we only had this many that we could take, especially with uh, these seniors that are coming back." I, it feels like it's almost uh, an unspoken. It's not a dirty secret, but it's close to a dirty secret. It is a slightly not clean secret in college football right now when it comes to these scholarship counts within the uh, super senior universe. There's no doubt about it. Um, you want to kick this thing off? Tom, Tom is rebooting his modem. I, I I wonder, like, could we have Coca text him and like vote the or like draft via proxy? If he's not able to get the internet back, we'll just tell him who got picked. Um, let's see. Because we're already down, Danny. We should at least have three people drafting. Yes, we should. We should not uh, only ping this forth. <laughs> we should not only uh, ping this back and forth. Well, in while Tom's rebuilding is rebooting his modem, a uh, couple of reminders for everybody. He's rebuilding it too. Uh, follow and stream us on Spotify. We hit our goals. Thank you very much. Uh, sometimes begging does work, and so I wanted to uh, give our gratitude to all the listeners. Whether you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, then you went to go follow us and stream us on Spotify. We will continue to do that. 
And we're also going to try to figure out some creative ways to utilize Spotify here in the off season, put together some content that uh, you might enjoy in playlist format and more. Also, it is that time we have been telling you for weeks about Paramount Plus. You saw all the advertisements during the Super Bowl, uh, the journey to Mount Paramount, where Bryson DeChambeau, Bill Cower, Stephen Colbert, James Corden, Patrick Stewart, Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, it was it was quite a squad. Well, Paramount Plus is live sports, breaking news, and a mountain of entertainment. You can go straight from game day to movie night with Paramount Plus. Because the Paramount Library is impeccable. You can stream iconic movies like The Godfather, Indiana Jones, and Mission Impossible, as well as new episodes of critically acclaimed original series like Star Trek Picard, The Good Fight, and The Stand. And get this, it is the premier OTT location to get live sports from us, CBS Sports. That includes the NFL, March Madness, the Masters, and Champions League Soccer. Of course, that means the entire uh, library of CBS, Nickelodeon, MTV, BET, Smithsonian Channel, and Comedy Central. Uh, It is just like the true... Um, you know, joining together uh, of all these different iconic brands, and it's all going to be at the top of Mount Paramount. It's Paramount Plus live sports, breaking news, a mountain of entertainment, and Paramount Plus streaming March 4th. So you're listening to this. It's either about to launch or it is just launched. So make sure you go and you sign up. We got uh, lots of different tiers there for Paramount Plus and lots of different options. And again, the library and the the original um, entertainment options are unbeatable and the live sports. It's, it's, uh, it's a pretty slick product. We're excited about it. So go check it out. Paramount Plus streaming March 4th. Coming up on the other side, we begin... The Super Senior Draft, next. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Am I here? You're here. Welcome back, Tom. <clears throat> All right, what I miss? I rebooted the modem. I'm sorry. I'm the new Barton. My oh. <laughs> sorry, do you, um, does that mean you get third pick? <laughs> sure. Okay. Um, all right. I, I'll take first pick my first pick in the 2021 super seniors draft. It's one of the top players in the country at his position. Let's go ahead and saddle up 
We're going with Grant Morgan, linebacker out of Arkansas. The guy's just an absolute tackling machine. Uh, one of the nation's leaders in tackles and not necessarily in the way where he got to play Army, so therefore he got 26 tackles in one game to really boost his total. I mean, he's just he's an all-effort player, flies all over the field, great instincts for the ball, and uh, in addition to being one of the top defenders in the SEC, uh, I think that he is going to be able to be uh, a great part of my uh, five-player super senior crew. So with my first pick, I'm taking Arkansas linebacker Grant Morgan. Ooh, I, I like it. Uh, Tom, we did discuss that we're not trying to build a team here. We're, we're, we're just taking guys who we think are impactful. And that's why I wish I currently had the number two pick. Uh, were you going to take uh, Dear King? I was. Okay, that, that's who I'm taking. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Dear King, like there's some risk associated with this because he, he did tear his ACL in the bowl game. Uh, but you know, we're 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 building for the future here. And, and I know this is last year, so our future is now. But I, I think he'll probably be pretty healthy by the time the season starts and uh, should definitely be healthy uh, by the time ACC play rolls around. Really good for Houston and uh, was excellent as well uh, for Miami this year. So go ahead and give me Dear King. So do you think that we're looking at Derek King even going to be full go for fall camp because that's a, like I, w- I was working on a, a s- spring practice sort of thing for editorial on cbsports.com. You can go check it out. Actually looking at some of the quarterback battles from across the country. I did not include Miami because I'm assuming Derek King, that's his job. And even though we've got, you know, Jake Garcia there and there's probably an interesting battle for number two and you know that number two could be v important should Derek king have any setbacks along the way do you think that king you know if if he's close to full health that we're going to be talking about it in the preseason like he's he's going to step back in and he's going to get that job i think if he's healthy he is yeah but it's it's one of those things who knows honestly like i i i'm assuming that if he's healthy he will be miami starting quarterback he's coming back but you know at the same time it could be if fall camp's coming closer and he doesn't feel like he's 100% maybe we'll see a situation that'll play out not entirely different from what we saw play out at houston that led to him ultimately transferring to miami to begin with where maybe he says Eh, it's probably not the best idea for me to be playing right now. I should just focus on getting healthy and getting ready for, you know, entering the NFL draft and kind of training for that. So maybe, but as of now on March 3rd, I anticipate De'Aaron King being Miami's quarterback this fall. Also, didn't Nikosi Perry transfer? So mm-hmm. like, I, I don't know yeah. who else would, would be stepping up to challenge him there. I, I, I know they signed Garcia as a recruit, but still, I mean, he's a true freshman. I, I, I kind of doubt it. All right, Tom. All right. Now I, I know we're not drafting for team, but I just, I look at the list and it's like, you know, quarterback, quarterback is quarterback, still quarterback, 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 the quarterback, most important quarterback, position on the football field. So you can never have an, enough depth, which is why I'm shocked that Chip, you took a linebacker with the first pick <laughs> in the draft. I mean, I, nothing, nothing against Graham Morgan. Thank you, a, Chip. A linebacker. So now I'm, I, I figured I was going to be stuck with one of these three. So now I kind of have to do, uh, now I have to make a decision, damn it, between which one of these two guys I want. I'm going to go with my heart here. I'm going to piss off Danny. I'm going to take Kenny Pickett, four-year starter at Pitt, coming back for a fifth season. I think that Kenny, 
you know, he's I, I maybe you could make the argument that Mackenzie Milton has a higher ceiling, but you know, there's the there's the questions about his health because we haven't seen him play in a while. He suffered serious injuries. There's other guys like Skylar Thompson, Dustin Crum, Nick Starkle, Levi Lewis are out there. But I just think that Kenny provides experience to my QB room. He provides a very solid floor. Even if he doesn't win the starting job at Fernelli Tech, he's somebody I know that I could turn to in a in a crunch. So I'm taking Kenny Pickett and I'm adding him to the Fernelli Tech roster. All right. Do we snake this or do we just go back to the top? I would like to snake it. <laughs> Let, let's let's snake. All right. All right. Well, on the other side, then I'm going to be taking a. Uh, I'm going to go to the defensive side of the ball. Damn it. Yeah. Oh. Now we're going with this. <laughs> he's a uh, he's a Buckeye. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, he plays he plays on the defensive line. In fact. I mentioned at the top of the show before my internet pooped itself how a lot of these guys aren't are back because maybe they didn't have, you know, solid high NFL draft pick kind of stock. This is somebody who probably would have been a first couple days or maybe like early third day draft pick had he left. Take an all American defensive tackle from the Ohio State University, Haskell Garrett. I mean pretty excellent start to my defense there. That's a uh He's one of the best defensive linemen in the country. I mean, he, he yeah. starts 2021, like regardless of his super senior status as uh, just one of the best overall players in all of college football. And I feel like Garrett, Garrett is almost storybook because if I remember the announcement correctly, or at least the, the conversation around it, he at least framed it as the like unfinished business, which mm-hmm. is, you know, any, 18 to 22 year old is all caught up in like the, the mythos and the narrative and, and the way that everything's going for college football. I don't blame it, but man, that's like a, if I was a 11 year old or nine year old or 10 year old Ohio state fan and my, the, the best defender said he's coming back with unfinished business, I'm getting a 92 Jersey. If I don't have one already, like that's like my, that's, iconic program star kind of stuff and and cool from my seat just because we've gone through this long rotation of uh highlighting the pass rushers and the edge guys in columbus no he's just a nasty great technically sound defensive tackle mm-hmm. <sighs> damn it tom uh, <laughs> i was i was thinking you're gonna leave him to me and that was gonna be i mean dear king haskell garrett start i i i feel like i can just disconnect my modem and still win this draft <laughs> for the rest of the picks um all right I, I took one injured quarterback who i think will, will be healthy and, and be a good player i'm gonna go back to that well i'm gonna take two i'm gonna go ahead and take mckenzie milton I, I really wasn't sure that he would still be here at pick five uh it was one of the best quarterbacks in the country when he was healthy We've heard from Danny that the good reports out of there. My guys are saying, you know, much of the same thing. I've asked him, like, hey, is he moving around pretty well? They're like, yeah, like he's not what he was at UCF, but he's moving around well. He seems already having a fairly big impact, nebulous concept here, but as a leader. Uh, and so go ahead and give me Kenzie Milton. I'm very confident that between Milton and King, I'll, I'll have pretty damn good quarterback play. Like one of those guys has to hit at least. And if not, or if I get both of them, I'll, I'll go ahead and trade one. Um, drafting might as well be able to trade, right? Do you to to focus on the the Milton thing in particular? And this is so, somewhat tangential, but uh, do you think that Jordan Travis has a place in the offense, even if Milton's the starter? I think it depends if he wants one. Ooh, right? Like, what does he see himself as? If he if he's one of these guys who sees himself as a quarterback only, then no. Um, 
if he sees somebody, if, if he looks at himself and says, okay, um, if I want to play professional football, I probably need, need to entertain a different position, right? Because look at how they ran the offense when, when Jordan Travis was in there last year. And then look also how you know, Kendall Bryles and those guys in the prior staff would never, ever let him throw. So that tells me they've seen some stuff in practice that they don't trust him throwing the ball many times. And when they had to step back and pass, when the, the spread option fake element wasn't there, it really wasn't pretty. But he's a competent enough thrower of the football to where if that element is there, gadget plays, getting the ball to the backfield. I mean, he was Florida State's most electric, electric player on offense last year. He had multiple runs of 40 and 50 plus. Uh, I, I would say that's... That's certainly a role. It just depends. Like he could also go somewhere if he wanted to wanted to transfer out. He doesn't win the job, you know, and and be a starting quarterback in a spread option type offense. Because I was also thinking about it as a compliment to Milton. Because isn't running Milton the last thing that you want to do, at least yes, in terms correct. of like a designed <laughs> run? And even if it is somewhat broadcasting, and and you're just trotting him out for specialized packages, that still could be something where he has a, a very like a good role and, and makes frequent appearances, even if Milton is the uh, the starter. All right, so two quarterbacks off the board, Miami and Florida State quarterbacks, you know, big names. I mean, you guys probably listen to Top 40 Radio too because I will finally land my quarterback from uh, the, the school that produced the great Emory Hunt and the school that has one of the best – uh, quarterbacks in the Sun Belt, one of the best quarterbacks in the group of five, an electric total offense playmaker. My quarterback's going to be Levi Lewis. My quarterback's going to be Levi Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I think that this uh, Louisiana team, which brings back, they are one of the three teams with above 90% returning production. And with uh, Billy Napier deciding to stick around, like if you want to find your... Uh, your potential group of five darling in the same way. I mean, Louisiana obviously was as a nationally ranked team this year. I think that we go into next season looking at Louisiana and putting them in the old school BCS buster kind of spotlight from the moment the season begins, which is going to be really, really fun. Great for the Cajuns, great for Billy Napier and all involved. And while App State uh, has had like from a winning percentage wise and from like being competitive for some belt titles and even breaking up into the top 25. I don't think that app States ever had that August to December sort of in the spotlight kind of year. I think that this Louisiana team might be the Sun Belt's sort of brightest star in terms of uh, crashing that national conversation that we've had in the college football playoff era. Don't you think this is the reason why Napier stayed put? Like he knows what he has in this team. He could take another swipe at these jobs after another strong year. Yeah. They're not posted yet, but it's like, I'm waiting to see like when the, when, when they start posting conference title futures at some point, I I really want to see what the number is on Louisiana, because I have a feeling that unless it's something ridiculous, like 150 or lower, I'm, I'm neg- minus 150 or lower. I'm probably going to be hammering the Cajuns to win you, the Sun Belt. You think there'll be odds on then? I would assume. So. I mean, that's the thing. I don't. That I'm. What I'm hoping to see is some of that App State kind of tradition of mm-hmm. being, you know, the Sun Belt's best team in the recent years, kind of tilting the the odds a little too heavily towards App State and putting too much value on Louisiana. Because I think the way I look at things right now, I feel like Louisiana is 
the best team in the Sun Belt. I would agree with that. Um, and and hey, if you got to lay one twenty five, if it's a winner, you know, don't yeah. pass it up. I, I get you there. I've, I've I've lost many a tickets just trying to talk myself into something dumb because I had a bigger payout. <laughs> but you know what? Ollie Watkins to score at least two goals. Maybe it'll hit this time. What what'd you get that at? Nah, it's I was looking at an Ollie to score any time for earlier today. That was, I think, plus 160. Two goals would have been outrageous. All right, so I get it on the snake. We've uh we've gotten ourselves uh one of the best linebackers in the country in Grant Morgan. Uh uh Levi Lewis, I think, is our great value pick. Now I need to go back and just go no not no nonsense. There has not yet been a skill position player taken. So let's welcome to the program Indiana wide receiver Ty Freifogel. So we've got uh, a great quarterback. We've got uh, probably the best wide receiver that we've got on this. Uh, I mean, unless you want to take Captain Drops Mike Harley. Uh, you know, of all the of, of all the super senior wide receivers, I do feel like Ty Freifogel is the best one, and uh, and I'm excited to be able to get him here at the beginning of the third round. So let's see. You got you got Levi, and you got your big play threat and Ty Freifogel. So it's going to be like Levi's going to be a scrambling, running, and then Freifogel is going to break free in the secondary and going to make be some deep shots. Yeah, a lot of fifty fifty balls that he's uh, that he's bringing down after a scramble drill, without a doubt. Yeah, because he averaged nineteen and a half yards per catch this year, seven touchdowns, was Indiana's leading receiver. Just damn it, I was hoping he would slip back to me. Nope. But it is, uh, so we're back to Bud here in the third round. Damn it. Like, Tom t- taking Haskell Garrett, Chip t- taking Fry Fogel. This is just not cool. <laughs> um, personally, I'm just, I'm not into this. I, man, and my board drops off from here a little bit. But I, I there are a couple guys I like. I'm not going to name them all because Tom still has to go with two. But I, I feel like with you guys getting Fry Fogel and, and picking these quarterbacks, I need somebody who can cover somebody. And, you know, for that reason, I'm going to go ahead and take Chase Lucas, Arizona State. I, I think he's one of the better DBs out there on this list. He, he's a very improving, productive guy. And, and you know, he may not be an NFL superstar, but he's a pretty good player. Only got four games last year due to COVID at Arizona State. Wanted to come back to prove more, probably raise that draft stock a little bit. And, and he's one of the guys on this list who I actually could see going pro, you know. So go ahead and give me Chase Lucas. Uh, that's a good pick. He's on my board. Uh, I was probably going to take him at this turn. Are we going four or five rounds? Five. Five. Okay, so I got two more here, and I got a fifth. <laughs> so wait, hold on. While, while, while he's thinking, Chase Lucas is uh, last uh, last coaching staff, right? He's a holdover? Yeah. I got to think so, right? Yeah, because Herm hasn't been there five years. Right. Uh, all right. I'm going to go try five. I got to take it. I'll take the number two receiver on my board. Cause we all know how important receivers are not a huge name. Could have a bigger season this year than we saw last year. Although he did catch seven touchdowns last season, which did finish second on the team. Taking old miss Ontario Drummond, 25 catches, 417 yards, 16.7 per, I mentioned the seven touchdowns. He was, he was not a featured player in the offense, but, in that Ole Miss offense, which we know Lane Kiffin likes to throw the ball, and they like to throw the ball a lot. There was a lot of there were a lot of throws to go around. Drummond did pretty good with him. I think he's going to take a bigger role this year, so I think that's big for Ole Miss coming back. I'm going to take him at Fernelli Tech. All right, Ontario now, Drummond. I like that. Yeah, and now for my next one, this is where I'm kind of. 
All right, I'm going to go Homer here. This was unexpected. Late, late edition, probably, I don't even think he's on the list that Ralph Russo put together for the AP because it just happened yesterday. Illinois linebacker Jake Hansen is coming back. He was not expected to be back. He was hoping to go to the draft. I'm not 100% sure what happened, but he received a waiver to return. That's huge for Illinois because their linebacker spot, like they had plenty, like we talked about all the returners that they had. They had a lot of returning in the secondary. They had a lot returning on the defensive line. Linebacker was the one spot where they were going to be very thin with a lot of question marks going into next season. So now they're getting the guy who has been their best linebacker the last few season, a guy who's forced fumbles at an alarming rate, like ridiculous. He's got the whole peanut Tillman punch thing going where he just knocks the ball out constantly and kind of defies fumble luck in that kind of logic. So I'm going to take Jake Hansen. He's going to be the captain of my defense, the experienced leader who can, you know, call the plays, diagnose the plays, force some fumbles, and get us the ball back. I, I think Tom misses Lovey Smith a little bit. What? Like he's, he's, he's talking Peanut Tillman from, from yeah, the Bears yeah. when, when Lovey was the Bears coach. I, I, I think he's going to miss that, like, turnover, turnover, turnover thing on defense. I, I, I know I, we're all on board the Burt train, but I, 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 will, I will miss. I will. Here's what I'll miss. I will miss the the amount of turnovers likely. What I will not miss is how entirely turnover dependent they are on <laughs> yeah. defense, because that that was the situation. Like like we talked about red zone roulette. Illinois on defense tended to play fumble or interception roulette. Like if it if the possession didn't end in one of those, other teams touchdown. was probably scoring. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good stuff. All right, so we've got Jake Hansen to start here in the fourth round. Bud, we are back to you. All right, so fourth round, I got two picks left. All right, I'm going to go ahead and go offensive line here. A guy who I think will have a bounce back season and made some, you know, all ACC preseason lists last year. That's Zion Johnson of of Boston College. He's got the build. A guy that needs a little more time to develop and. Uh, Go, go ahead and give me Zion there. There's a couple ACC guys I, I was in between picking, but for for me, I need somebody to pass protect for McKenzie and for Derek King. I think he's an impact guy, and uh, I, I think he's just somebody who does have pro potential. Drafting guys named Zion has worked out well lately. Yeah, so, so far. Uh, was one of those linemen Jared Williams from Miami? Yes. Yeah, I am going to go ahead and do that thing at the uh, the NFL draft where I just like run to the with the card in my hand. Back when they used <laughs> to have Chip's it, face. it, I was like, he, he thinks I'm going to take Jared. Yeah, Jared Williams. Because then you also <laughs> would have had the uh, the whole like Derek King, Jared Williams. I mean, just would have been all the you in the house. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! So Jared Williams gives me an offensive line for my five. Uh, you know, transfer in and finally got to to have some some a pretty pretty good season but it's a talented player who i think is is going to be a, a good piece for miami's offense moving forward him being a deciding to return where i guess he could have gone pro right just based on raw talent i, I think so like like with williams he's he's kind of skinny he needs to put on some more weight and become a little bit you know a little stronger at the point of attack just watching that's like he can move fairly well he's just He's still kind of, you know, slight. So first year playing against P5 opponents, I, I think it makes sense for him to come back and, and put some better tape up. But I think he could have gone. I just I don't know if he's a dude like was he guaranteed to get drafted? I I'm not convinced of that, but I think he's got some pro potential. 
bringing uh, great for Miami that he's going to get that super senior year and that he decided to take it uh, and also good for my little crew right here. And then uh, to start the fifth round, I will be going to the player who was number eight in the country in interceptions a year ago, who was number 12 in passes defended. It was a fantastic secondary as a whole, pretty much like uh, from from field to boundary, the Bearcats were nasty. And one of those players who is going to be back for a super senior year is Kobe Bryant. So from Luke Fickle squad on down to Pip Chatterson, we are going to be welcoming Kobe Bryant uh, to join Grant Morgan on the defensive side of the ball. And you know, with a name like Kobe Bryant, he's not afraid to take a shot. There you go. How, how it's, you want to know why? Because sometimes, especially with Cincinnati and I apologize if you're a Cincinnati fan, I read and I write more than I actually speak the names of those players, right? Mm -hmm. Or the game is on TV number three, AKA it's on mute. And all season I wrote about Cincinnati's defensive backs and I wrote the name Kobe Bryant. And it wasn't until Tom just said it right now that I was like, Oh, Kobe Bryant. I don't know, man. It's a weird job. Sometimes you can, you can cover and you can provide analysis and you can understand and it can just never click for you probably because I haven't, haven't said it out loud. So congrats, Kobe Bryant. Now I'm going to be saying your name even more uh, going into 2021. All right, bud. All right. So this is my final pick here. I'm, I'm going to kind of roll, roll the dice a little bit on, on a guy who I think has real top end talent and decided to come back to go ahead and use that that top-end talent and put it all together. And that's LSU defensive lineman Neil Farrell. This guy who contributed to their 2019 national title team. You know, didn't do that last year, but I, I just going back to seeing him as a recruit, like I know that that's a guy that it's in there. Like he's got that, that potential. Go ahead and roll the dice. And I think that's a guy in the fifth round that I'm taking who really could get drafted. I like that pick. That's a very solid pick for the fifth round. All right. Uh, for my final pick, I'm going to do that same kind of deal. I'm going to take this guy did not have a great 2020 season, although he played in all he played in all 12 games for his team. Uh, he was a pre he, he was on the preseason games. watch list for the Outland Trophy. He was first team all Sun Belt for both the coaches and the media, and he has an amazing name. I am taking App State guard Bear Hunter. Yeah. <laughs> It's That's just incredible. just hard to beat in the mountains of North Carolina up in Boone, a nasty offensive lineman named Bear Hunter. Mm-hmm. Respect. Lots of Sunbelt love here uh, from, uh, from the Super Senior Draft. Okay. Um, before we review the, uh, the entire lineup, Want to want to ask about some players to see where they might or might not have sat on uh, on y'all's list. Number one, a couple of group of five quarterbacks, uh, Nick Starkle from San Jose State, who is back and clearly was a huge part of San Jose State's success. Great for him as he lands at his third school, former Texas A and M and Arkansas quarterback, who has been playing well for uh, Brent Brennan and the Spartans. Also, Kent State quarterback. Dustin Crum. You know, we've been talking about uh, Kent State and how that offense was very exciting for the shortened Mac season. Either one of, I think those are the only other quarterbacks that I had on my uh, big board. Skylar uh, Thompson. I didn't have Skylar Thompson. Ooh. I know. 
I, I created two separate big <clears throat> big boards. I had one for the quarterbacks and then one for everybody else. Uh, of those three QBs in order on my big board was Crum, Thompson, Starkle. All the other all the others were drafted. I I got to go with um, with Starkle, uh, not because I think he's necessarily the best there, but because uh, Nick Starkle's dad is one of my favorite all time recruiting dads. Uh, when we were out at the opening the one year, and it like never rains in Oregon in July. You know, it's kind of like supposed to be the dry month. And then one year it was just absolutely, you know, pouring. And I was like, all right, if I can get a parent here to hold my umbrella so I can continue to shoot video, you can come up on the tower with me and see the whole field. Cause like there's no bleachers there. So, you know, like, like a lot of the parents are jockeying for position. And shout out Murray Starkle, excellent holder of the umbrella, <laughs> kept the camera dry. And what simultaneously was my spotter with my roster, kept the roster dry and, and would tell me, who, who just caught the ball so I could speak it into the camera microphone. So when you're cutting up the clips back home, uh, you know, cause I was kind of a one man band at the previous stop, I could just listen to it in the air and in, in the air, you know, earbud and be like, oh, okay, that, that was, you know, Juju Smith. Uh, so yeah, shout out Maurice, dad, Murray, Murray. Yeah. Murray, Murray Starkle. Shout out to you. <laughs> Excellent holder of the umbrella and spotter at the camp. There's a dry month in Oregon. It's pretty dry usually over the summer. Like, like we very rarely got rain out there back when they used to have the opening, you know, in Oregon. My impression of Washington and Oregon is it rains 95% of the time. Well, and here comes angry Oregon fans again to tell us what we've got wrong. Well, you know, you know, speaking of that, Chip, we should remember a few years ago when you and I were discussing where we would go to college now if it was based based on what we know. Just based on where we would want to go to college, everything else aside, where did we choose? Wasn't it Arizona State? No, it was Oregon. Oregon? Yeah. Yeah. I think that maybe, hmm, I don't know. Were there always... some laws passed around that time that made Oregon stand out <laughs> That's in certain ways? <laughs> I think, it, I mean, we were, we were approaching it from the, like when we were in high school and you're making that decision of where you're going to go to college, you know, since Chip and I didn't have a million scholarship offers, it was all right. Well, you know, you want to go to like the good school, blah blah blah. Get a good, get a good degree and all that stuff. Whereas it's like after you finish college and you become an adult, you're like, man, I should have just gone to the place where I would have had the most fun for four years. Yeah. <laughs> and Oregon and Arizona State were like, but we could have had a lot of fun at those two schools for four <laughs> years, without a doubt. Um, also on uh, on the list that I wanted to uh, to check in on uh, any. It's always tough to really get excited about a running back. San Diego State running back Greg Bell, pretty pretty solid player, but um, was never going to jump to the top of the list, especially when we had so many other impactful you know, quarterbacks, offensive linemen, wide receivers. Uh, and I wanted to ask if, were you nervous that if you drafted James Kalski, he was going to get suspended for targeting and therefore you'd be down to four players? <laughs> Yes, a hundred percent. I just I needed somebody who would be available, not just spearing anything that came in his path. Yeah, North Carolina, my Homer picks on the board. I didn't end up getting them. I love Tamon Fox, uh, great player in the front seven. Bo Corrales. Tamon Fox is back. Tamon Fox is back. Oh man, I'd be a Homer for Tamon Fox. Like that, that that guy's good. He's a very very good player. Bo Corrales, uh, big bodied wide receiver. Garrett Walston, the tight end, are also all back. UVA, you get Joey Blunt back. I think that's very uh, significant. He missed a lot of time this year, and it was one of those like Virginia's defense with and without Joey Blunt had some splits that indicated his importance. Rutgers wide receiver Bo Melton. Rutgers is also uh, big on this list. Uh, you know, I I wonder if Shiano just came just just sat everybody down and uh, you know 
just really gave them the 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 talk about how they needed to be around. Rutgers had thirteen uh, back uh, from last year's thirteen super seniors that have all decided to come back. Any other players from uh, from y'all's big board that uh, that you were surprised didn't get picked up along the way? Uh, I considered I, I I most of the guys you already talked about, but also left on my board was Ohio State tackle Thayer Munford. Mm, offensive line, yeah, yeah, good player. I, right. I almost took him when I when I took Johnson. Um, mm-hmm. I, like, Xavier Gaines for, for Marshall has been a really productive tight end who I, I think can probably play, you know, P five level. I don't I don't know if he's a pro. I'm not going to like pretend that I've, I've dug into his game that much. Um, Nolan Turner from Clemson is a pretty good player too. So. But I kind of wonder, like, if you take him away from Clemson, is he as special? You know what I mean? Like, like, like there's a lot of dudes who don't end up in the NFL who look really good in Clemson's defense because of Venable's system. Yeah, he's kind of an OKG. Yeah. He's a total OKG. I mean, it's the, like, family connection and everything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, and I, I don't mean that as a knock, by the way, so I don't want Clemson fans coming at me saying I don't think Nolan Turner's any good. No, but Chip does. No, listen, listen. <laughs> I'll I'll take it because I've used him as like the representative of uh, how the OKG can be a, a little bit exploited in the college football playoffs, and I am only saying that because I have these memories of Chris Olave torching Nolan Turner. Like that, that is one of my last impressions are lasting, and my last impression of Clemson's defense was giving up 600 yards and a whole boatload of points to the Buckeyes, but. Nolan Turner did pick off Justin Fields in the uh, college football playoff semifinal the year before. So, you know, and he's come up with some huge plays and everyone around Clemson loves him and he'll have his own Disney movie too one day. So it'll, it'll be all good Uh, to review. Oh, you have, you have another one. No, no. I I was just thinking about this. How will the, well, let let me ask this question after your review. It's kind of like like a forward thinking thing. Okay. Uh, to review, Bud Squad got Derek King in the first round, Mackenzie Milton in the second, Chase Lucas from Arizona State in the third, Zion Johnson from Boston College in the fourth, then Neil Farrell, LSU defensive lineman in the fifth. Tom Squad got Kenny Pickett from the Pitt Panthers in the first round, Haskell Garrett, All-American defensive tackle in the second, came back with Dontario Drummond, wide receiver from Ole Miss in the third, then Jake Hansen, Homer Pick, Punching the ball out, Peanut Tillman, spirit of them for the Fighting Illini in the fourth. Then Bear Hunter from App State in the fifth. Uh, I got Grant Morgan a little bit off the radar, but I like I like how solid he is. How he's going to rack everything up. Levi Lewis from Louisiana, quarterback, followed by Ty Freifogel, wide receiver from Indiana. Then Jared Williams, offensive lineman from Miami, and Kobe Bryant, defensive back from Cincinnati. All right, me. I have Derek King for Miami quarterback. Oh, I just didn't, Can, I, I announced yours too. I, I was trying to play it off. I wasn't. I wasn't getting. <laughs> Tom was looking at me like go, and I was like, <laughs> uh, "You said you had something forward." Th- yeah, so- you said you had something to say. Yeah, but I, I okay. Sorry. So what I was going to ask, man, I had, a, I had a Danny moment. Um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What, what I was going to ask is like, like how, how different do you guys think this is going to look next year? Cause like this year, everybody got all these guys back for free as long as they're willing to pay for them next year. They're most likely going to count against the 85 scholarship cap. So like, I think we'll have a lot fewer dudes get scholarships to come back. Cause it's going to be like, yeah, I mean, the NCAA says you can have it next year, but it doesn't say you can have it here. Right. Yeah. Um, I'll be interested to see which teams decide to somewhat like go for it 
and decide to retain all that and which seems almost go to, you know, a little bit of like rebuild mode. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, we've already, we've seen a ton of players in the transfer portal already this year. I feel like next year could be one of those kind of spike years where it's going to go up big time and we're going to be like, Oh my God, is this a trend going forward? But then we're going to see it kind of normalize again the following year. So I think that's probably what we're going to end up seeing because of all this. Because I think that there will be coaches who it's like, yeah, oh, hell yeah, you don't count, you're welcome back. Next year when you count, it's going to be like, uh, you know, we kind of got a guy we think could be ready to bit and be better than you, so maybe you should seek opportunities elsewhere. Without a doubt. And I do think that you got to think of the player's motivation, right? Where, like I was pointing out at the beginning, we've heard from some players who said, I wanted to play in front of a packed house. Like I wanted mm-hmm. to play in front of fans. I wanted to be able to have that full college football experience and I didn't have it. You might want to do that for an extra year, but once you get it and your eligibility would have run out, if not for the bonus year you get from the NCAA, you might be like, ah, well, you, you know what? It was good. We got one last lap and, uh, and I don't feel like putting my body uh, through all that again because I'm going to be going pro in something other than sports. Now let's, uh, Let's go ahead and set up that um, meeting with the financial advisors that are just going to, you know, trot me around to all the people that are going to go invest their money, right? In that, that's, that's the offensive lineman that ends up staying in the college town but working for, like, or some other investment company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, later this week, we will be having our mail bag, so be sure – that you get your question in there. You can do that by leaving us a five-star rating and a review. And in that review, include your mailbag question. We also will solicit for some on Twitter. At Cover3Podcast is how you can follow that. Don't forget, Paramount Plus starts streaming March 4th. You can follow him on Twitter at Time For Now. You can follow him at Bud Elliott 3 Follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets.